This is Speaking of Writers on Capital Region Sunday. I'm Steve Richards. The national pastime stories are told every day in Cooperstown. But during the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum's Summer Author Series programs, individual tales of the game's fascinating past come to life through the writers who have chronicled that history. And one of those writers is Jane Levy. Her book, The Big Fella, Babe Ruth, and the World He Created. And Jane Levy will be at the Baseball Hall of Fame July 20th at 2 p.m. in the Grandstand Theater. After hitting a 60th home run in September of 1927, Babe Ruth embarked on the mother of all barnstorming tours, a three-week victory lap across America, accompanied by teammate Lou Gehrig. Ruth's agent, Christy Walsh, called the tour a symphony of SWAT. The Omaha World Herald called it the biggest show since Ringling Brothers, Barnum, and Bailey. And seven other associated circuses offered their entire performance under one tent. In the Big Fella, voted the winner of the Seymour Medal by the Society for American Baseball Research in 2018, acclaimed biographer, Jane Levy recreates that 21-day circus and in so doing captures the pomp and the pathos of that define Ruth's life and times. Drawing from more than 250 interviews, a trove of previously untapped documents, and the Ruth family records, Levy breaks through the mythology that has obscured the legend of the babe and delivers the story of the man. Levy recounts a life full of journeys and itineraries, road trips and hunting trips, grand tours of foreign capitals and postseason promotional tours, and of course his 714 trips around the bases. Jane Levy is the author of the New York Times bestsellers, The Last Boy, Sandy Koufax, A Lefty's Legacy, and the comic novel Squeeze Play, which Entertainment Weekly called the best novel ever written about baseball. She was a staff writer at the Washington Post from 1979 to 1988, first in the sports section, then writing for the style section. She covered baseball, tennis, and the Olympics for the paper. She wrote features for the style section about sports, politics, and pop culture, including most memorably, profile of Muggsy Bogues, the 5'3 guard for the Washington Wizards which was longer than he is tall. Happy to have Jane Levy join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Steve? Good, how are you? Great, thank you. So why Ruth is a subject for you, and why these three weeks did you zero in on? So uh, I didn't want to write this book for all the reasons that um, uh, everyone cites when they say to me, what are you, nuts? And I say, yes, really, I was. Um, I knew how much had been written about him. I knew how much of it was excellent, and I believed uh, and had to be dissuaded over a period of a year from uh, accepting that there was nothing new to say. And what I didn't anticipate um, is that thanks to the digital revolution and computers, history is really being rewritten every day. And so documents pertaining to his life as a boy in Baltimore and to uh, his family, which had always remained um, uh, a huge void in every biographical account, were available to me as they were not to my predecessors, including the esteemed Lee Montville, whose book was released in 2006, and and the go-to standard, Bob Creamer's book, um, Babe, which came out in 74. And I read all of the books, all of the biographies in, in the year that I took before deciding to do this and realized that really the first 20 years of his life didn't exist in any of the books because he didn't want the story told and reporters of that era were compliant. And if somebody said, please don't write what you know, they didn't write it. And so... 
I suspect some people uh, who were close to Ruth, notably Gramlin Rice, had an idea how um, chaotic and, and uh, really Dickensian his childhood was, but nobody even intimated it until after his death in 1948. And what happened is this. The boy, known as Little George, and his family in Baltimore City, um, was uh, born to Kate and George Ruth Sr., um, oldest of uh, either six or eight children. I could not um, find uh, birth and death records for a set of male twins, um, but I found birth and death records for the other six kids. He was the oldest. He and his youngest sister, Mamie, were the only two survivors of that um, large group of children, which was extraordinarily high number of fatalities, even in Baltimore in those eras, in that era. And the family disintegrated. Uh, George Root Sr. caught his wife um, in a uh, compromising position with one of his bartenders on the, quote, dinging, D-I-N-G-I-N-G floor, dinging room floor, um, and threw her out and um, uh, divorced her. And in the divorce, uh, something one didn't talk about in May 1906 when it was granted, um, George Sr. got custody of Babe Ruth, and uh, he sent his son um, into, I don't know, purgatory, maybe is the right word, to live in uh, a school called St. Mary's Industrial School, which um, was widely presumed and wrongly presumed to be an orphanage. And so the myths about Babe Ruth, that he was sent there because he had no parents, or that he was an incorrigible, because the school also took kids who were sent by the courts for having gotten in trouble with the law, came from Ruth's silence and from the fact that there was no way to, um, prior to this, to really dig into the archives and the family history. So he was left by his parents to create a life and a self um, while his father, you know, uh, hosted uh, dances for privileged children of the, uh, you know, immigrant German community at a, at a social hall downtown. Uh, his father never bothered to visit him. His mother died um, in 1912 uh, and never saw him become what he was to become. So he was left in the care of this uh, group of Zaverian brothers, a Catholic lay order, um, to invent a life in a self. And boy, did he do that <laughs> in spades. Yeah. My guest is uh, Jane Levy. Her book is The Big Fella, Babe Ruth and the World He Created. And Jane will be appearing in the Grandstand Theater at the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown on July 20th at 2 p.m. Uh, Jane, so how did he connect with Christy Walsh? Uh, Christy Walsh found him. Mm. And now everybody wanted a piece of Babe Ruth in uh, the winter of 19. 19- 21 when um when he you know after after just after he completed his first astonishing season with the Yankees having been sold um to the Yankees by that um great judge of talent Harry Frazee owner of the Boston Red Sox mm-hmm. having been sold uh in December 1919 for 100 grand not 125 as the New York Times then reported um and Walsh was a dead broke failed uh, cartoonist, sports cartoonist, and PR guy, and uh, advertising guy, and he was desperate, and he came up with an idea to um, 
organize a syndicate, a newspaper syndicate of ghost-written stories, um, the stories that were supposed to be written by the the named athletes, um, uh, but were in fact written by reporters who covered those athletes. And he figured if he could get Babe Ruth, um, he might regain solvency. And so what he did was, and this is not the story he told for public consumption, he climbed up uh, the um, outdoor fire escape at a hotel where Babe Ruth was staying, found uh, the window of his room, opened it, climbed through, found Babe in bed with a blonde, (laughs) slapped him on the butt and said, I want to represent you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Um, more than 250 interviews you did for this book. What surprised you the most about this man? Um, well, a lot. I mean, certainly I was surprised by the the, the legacy, uh, the familial legacy, which um, uh, explains so much of him. He, he, at this school at St. Mary's, boys were crowded, 90, you know, 130 kids into a, a dorm that um, was meant to accommodate 90, and there was no privacy whatsoever. These boys slept head-to-toe in identical iron cots. They ate together, slept together, bathed together, um, played baseball together. And what Babe Ruth learned there, in addition to how to be a tailor and how to throw and hit the ball, uh, they hit the hell out of a ball, was to be public because you were always on display. And um, a child such as he, who craved attention um, and who had the personality to to attract it, um, you know, did so with his feats on of kindness to littler kids and also on the baseball field. And so he was the perfect personality to become the the model for modern celebrity. Somebody who was so much more comfortable. Um, in his own skin when he was surrounded by crowds of kids. And so, um, you know, that surprised me. His astuteness in understanding the business of baseball and the ways in which he was way ahead of, um, you know, the the poobahs and the commissioner's office. You know, he understood that this barnstorming tour which he had been fined and and suspended for doing in 1921, um, was good for baseball, that it was good marketing to take the game out to the hinterlands. Remember, there was no team west of of St. Louis, and there was no radio. You know, history was after the fact. If you wanted to know what Babe Ruth did and you lived in Des Moines, you were going to wait a couple of days to find out. And he understood that by taking the game out to the country and letting those people see what he and Lou Gehrig could do, um, you were building market share, to use the modern language. And he was way ahead of ownership in understanding that and in understanding, therefore, a player's right um, to get as much money as they could, not just for hitting balls out of the ballpark, but for bringing people into the ballpark. Jane Levy, the book is The Big Fella, Babe Ruth and the World He Created, and you can see Jane Grandstand Theater at the Baseball Hall of Fame July 20th at 2 o'clock. It's part of the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame Museum's Summer Author Series program. And you can connect uh, with Jane Levy, too, on her website at uh, JaneLevy, L-E-A-V-Y dot com. We're looking... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Sure. We're looking forward to uh, seeing you at the Grandstand Theater at the Baseball Hall of Fame July 20th, 2 p.m.